Greetings fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension. I can't think of a clever intro to this episode. I'm Mike, she's Emma. Heyo! Heyo! And here we're talking about Listen, written by Stephen Moffat. And Yeah, so this episode was blinding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I think that, you know, it's one of, those, one of those episodes that everyone was kind of really looking forward to and... Mm. Because of the the leaks and what have you, there was quite a lot of buzz about you know this was you know best episode ever, mm-hmm. and yeah it kind of lived up to the hype for once. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'll just come out with just at the top of the show and say that I thought this is probably one of the best episodes of Doctor Who since Day of the Doctor, mm. probably go or you know going back to the Doctor's wife. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's this is. This is such like a this is kind of a like a strange one really because I mean oh, this is this is mo- like peak Moffat. What's great about it is maybe uh, where we should uh, sort of get into one of the nitty gritties of it is um, the monster or whether there actually was one in the first place. Yeah, I thought that was actually really interesting and mm. kind of that Moffat has got this unbelievable ability for mm-hmm. me to to get you completely invested in the story, mm-hmm. make you frightened of things you never thought to be frightened of before. <laughs> I mean, it was something that Chuck because te- I was out on the lash on Saturday night, mm-hmm. and um, he sent me a text just after the episode went out and said, "I'm glad our bed isn't is a mattress on the floor." <laughs> you know, and this is a 46 year old man, mm-hmm. so it, I was like, oh, "Okay." And when I came home and watched the episode, when I sort of staggered in and I said, "Oh, can we watch it?" He went, yeah, go on, let's watch it. So um, it was like one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, all the lights off. <laughs> Um, watching nice. it and, and the bit where um, the whatever it is uh, is under the covers of Danny's bed mm-hmm. I was re- I was ready to nope out of there <laughs> yeah that I was, was uh... I am 10,000 percent done with this <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's yeah the, so like the 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 good thing about this sort of episode is it's kind of like when Clara like asked the doctor after she after he starts rambling on about about his theory she says, like, how long have you been travelling by yourself? This is sort of like, this is kind of what happens to the Doctor when he's travelling by himself. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, um, oh, just before we started recording, uh, we were watching The Shining. Mm-hmm. And you know, Justice, Jack Nicholson's <laughs> character starts to go a bit cuckoo crazy pants. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's where the Doctor was. <laughs> mm. He's just been on his own too long. He's going to get a typewriter saying, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> You know, it was it. It's and it, what really impressed me as well is that the way that the direction seems to have changed mm. in this series, the first four episodes, is a lot more kind of a mature type of directing. I think. Yeah. Like there's always really interesting angles, and mm. it's like a real horror movie sensibility. And mm. well, I mean, I wouldn't so much call this one a horror movie as like a psychological thriller. Mm. And some of those shots that they did, I mean, like that one where Clara's lying on the bed and it just dips as yeah. someone sits on it. I mean, that was like some Silence of the Lamb shit. Mm. You, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, that was one of those sort of moments, you know? Yeah, it's like, no, 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 no. I mean, but yeah, it, it just sees that, uh, you know, I think with Moffat, if he wasn't a writer, I would think he's probably got women tied up in a basement somewhere. So I'm glad he writes for anything. <laughs> And gets all this stuff out of himself, you know do, what I mean? How do we know he hasn't? You know what, I don't know. But if... <laughs> Anyway, moving away from the slander. <laughs> He's like Mr. Plinkett in uh, the Red Letter Media thing. <laughs> Eat the pizza roll. <laughs> um, so, wow. Uh, 
anyway, um, yeah. yeah, so going back away from that thought all of a sudden. Yeah, like I, like I said before, he's just got this remarkable eye for things, the ordinary things, which you just dismiss, mm. but are completely terrifying if you sort of move it the right way around. Yeah. And it was just, it was really interesting for him to kind of take it away at the end, but sort of not, because mm. every, that was what I really liked about it. Every single thing that happened in the episode mm-hmm. could just be written off as ordinary. Yeah. It was a kid in Dan in. Uh, Rupert slash Danny's room mm. it were you know the doctor nicked that bloke's coffee which I thought was hilarious yes. by the way <laughs> of course. Um, he wrote listen and didn't think about it mm-hmm. he the TV was on the blink it was just the air escaping from the airlock mm-hmm. it all had perfectly rational explanations but then again mm. perhaps not yeah I, this this is do you know it, this is now that I think about it it's also kind of meta to like how we fans sort of like approach Stephen Moffat's stories because like oh could it be this but it could just be this Oh, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? It's, he's, he's fucking with us. <laughs> he is. But things are, I mean, was it me? Or mm. was there no in, like, in, no music in the episode? There was definitely some music, I think. Okay. But it wasn't a lot of it. I don't yeah, remember. I, just, I didn't notice it. I was just, when I was sitting there after mm. I watched it, I thought, oh, I don't remember any music in this. But I think the fact that the episode was called Listen mm-hmm. makes me keep thinking we missed something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say... Watching sort of the date scenes between Clara and Danny. Oh, so awkward. Yes. Oh, my God. The worst first date ever of all time. Mm-hmm. I was... to, paraphr- to paraphrase Blackadder, mm-hmm. um, this is the worst idea since Mrs. Lincoln said, you know what, I'm tired of kicking around the house. Let's go in and take out taking a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, there, there were like parts of it where I was just, I was physically biting my hand. It was just like, oh, no. so good. Because I mean, when when it was good, it was good, and it was like anyway. And then one of them just had to open the mouth, and it was like, oh fuck! No, the worst one was when she let it slip about calling him Rupert. Yeah, I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, but the I say I think the fallout from this episode, mm. I think, is going to be kind of it's going to really ripple along. I mean, um, mm. obviously they got the thing of her meeting Olsen much later, and. Mm-hmm. She, he's got like the little Dan the soldier man and, yeah, that, and he's sort of behaving like he recognises her but not mm-hmm. but I feel like oh, I don't know I just feel like maybe it, you sort of are being led to believe that Danny and Clara kind of work it out and end up you know married or having a gazillion kids but I feel mm-hmm. like there's something probably more happening yeah. it's, than it's, again, it seems at the moment yeah it's the then again sort yeah. of thing yeah. because I mean it's a lot of people have been like speculating about that. You know, is uh, is he? You know, a descendant of both Dan, uh, Clara and Danny. We know he's at least a descendant of Danny. Yeah, but that's about as far as it goes. And mm. I think I think it's been pretty much confirmed that he does um, get a trip aboard the TARDIS. I yeah. think at some point in the series. So there's that. It's just whether or not Clara is his great or great great grandmother. But yeah. um, there's there's one thing that sort of is starting to bother me a little bit with um, Capaldi's Doctor, and that's how sort of <laughs> well he sort of makes passing remarks about Clara's appearance. You know, when he says yeah. to Orson, you know, does she look familiar? You just think picture her, like old and fat, and it's like oh, it's starting to get a bit um, awkward now. I mean, it is starting to get a touch unpleasant. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think he just you sort of. If he did it kind of a couple of times, you think it's just because he's so oblivious. Mm-hmm. He just will spout that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it's maybe starting to see a bit, a bit 
like he's picking on her a bit at the moment so yeah but then again, I mean, it's like I think was it last week you said he can be kind of like that friend we all we all have who just tends tends to sort of like just say what say so the first thing there's just no filter it just mm-hmm. all comes out. Yeah. Um, I say I think that it's kind of that little that little bumpy stage you always go through with a, a new regeneration of Doctor because mm-hmm. you've got different you've got different people writing the beginning of the show and That's people true. will write him people will write him softer people will write him more abrasive. I mean, this mm-hmm. being Stephen Moffat's creation in so not so many words mm-hmm. you would think this was kind of like the template of how the doctor is meant to be so mm. i don't know i think that probably because he was so kind of out there kind of uh, not not able to get on with him in into the dalek mm-hmm. and you felt like he was kind of softening up a bit in the previous episode yeah but now with this one he's kind of gone into like a a kind of a middle place almost. So I'll be hmm. interested to see kind of over the next couple of episodes, whether they sort of go more down about him being more harsh or he's going to sort of soften up a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say that the doctor has been like harsh throughout the entire episode. I mean, the, the bits where he's like, when they're in Rupert's room and he's sort of like saying, Oh, you know, fears superpower. He's like, he's really sort of like talk, talking Rupert up, you know, it's like, he's definitely got like a good sort of like father thing. But then when he sort of like Rupert says, you know, could you tell us a story before he goes to bed? He goes once upon a time, pump the head. Yeah, I did like that. That was cool. I yeah. was like, I wish, I'd be, you know, if someone could teach me that, that'd be great. But yeah, it's it's that sort of thing of like he seems to have the attention of like a like a mayfly. Mm. It's like as soon as something is kind of passed through his brain, mm-hmm. it's like right, that's all finished with. Yeah. Next. So even even if you yeah next, so even if he's like the next thing is having a conversation with the same person, mm-hmm. it's like his brain has just deleted that part and it's like now what no just my my thing that i'm on now mm. <laughs> so let's get into where uh, rupert slash danny pink yeah uh, that's yeah i have to well, say that's, that's a minefield waiting to explode isn't it? <sighs> yeah god we we presume that at some point he will remember mm. that clara was there and put and the doctor put the idea in his head of being a soldier yeah. and you got the whole idea of dan the soldier man mm-hmm. and obviously he's been you get the impression that he's been deeply traumatised by his time in the armed forces. Yeah, some of the things he's had to do. Yeah, I mean, when he saw, when on the like the first try at their date, when um, I think she just makes like a just like a slight passing remark, but he sort of like latches onto it and sort of really takes it to heart. Yeah, and then and it sort of escalates when he says, "Oh, you know, people like you." always get the wrong end of the stick and then she takes offense to that yeah oh it's just it's a circle of like mm, insults mm. but yeah i mean i think that to be fair to danny clara did go straight in with a quite an insensitive remark yeah and she has been in the few times that we've seen them interact she's been pretty offhand about you know Mm. his his uh possible uh backstory and Yeah. yeah i mean you would think he's probably got every right to kind of kick off a bit at her but then he sort of goes too far and mm. it's just it's awful you know yeah. that you've the, with with these people i mean because there's chemistry between them and i think with uh, jenna coleman and with samuel anderson there is good chemistry between the actors i think mm. i think they hit it off against each other but um the actual characters of danny and clara mm. you sort of think you know part of me would think this date is kind of beyond salvation at this mm. point you back off and leave it it's done yeah they came. They they sort of like kind of bad as each other when when yeah, it comes to are. sort of like jumping on like going on the defensive and things like that. But um, I have to say, it's it was nice to finally see that one part of the TARDIS console where they have the telepathic circuits. 
Yeah, that was nice actually. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. Because yeah. I mean that ever since like the the redesign of the console room, like way back in the snowman, I think you could always like see that bit, but you never really knew what it was for. It was just sort of, like there. Yeah. And it was like oh, most quite cool. mostly like other panels that um, the doctor would use. So yeah, that was good, and obviously you know with it being organic, that was neat, neat as well because obviously the TARDIS is a living organism. So I mean, what what do you think overall? Do you think there was an actual monster or not? No, with sort of ninety percent no, ten percent yes. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same on that one. I I think yeah. it's more or less it, it it doesn't exist, but it's, it's preying on everybody's mind so much. It just yeah. sort of like it things that was like tend to take take their own sort of like shape. You think you see something or. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like I mean, yeah. the most tangible sort of like evidence was like the the shape in the un, under the bed sheets. Yeah, I find that you know not as easy to explain as mm. everything else in the episode. Also, the fact that it something seems to be trying to come into the TARDIS sort mm. of towards the end. So I don't know though. I mean, when uh, the Doctor said about you know the thing you sort of see behind you in the mirror, mm-hmm. um, it sort of made me think of um, Sister Family of mine. Blood. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if that sort of first came to mind, and I was like, "Oh blimey, I hope Moff hasn't had a bit of a senior moment and forgotten about that." But it it was sort of it. Oh, I've lost my thread completely. Um, and you thought right. it was only pink, and then the TARDIS went off course. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought that was quite interesting, but it was one of those things of you you knew that was coming mm-hmm. as soon as it happened. Yeah. But it was just it was interesting to me, kind of uh, going to like I say, going to that place, and because Moffat doesn't usually give you an out, mm-hmm. it, he usually lets you stew on it and think that they all these things exist, like in Blink. Mm-hmm. You're made to you're made to feel sort of very clearly that weeping angels are everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, but. With this, it sort of gave you a bit of an out. I wonder if he's had to put that in because he knew that legions of children would not be going to bed. <laughs> I saw several tweets about that, actually. People going, oh, my kid won't go to bed. Blah, 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 blah. But I must say, I've never had that dream that he's talking about. That's never, yeah. No, I've only mm. ever... I've had things where I've woken up and thought someone was in the room, mm. but never had the thing of something grabbing my ankle. Yeah. There, there was, it was actually based on some sort of psychological... Uh, study or something. I seem to remember reading somewhere. I can't. Ah, uh, the the bedroom invader phenomenon, which is usually blamed oh. on sleep paralysis. Let me yeah, the, do you know what that actually has happened to me? I've had sleep paralysis and it's horrid because mm. um, it was something like um, I was asleep and I, I was sort of awake and I could see my bedroom wall and I couldn't move, mm-hmm. couldn't do anything, couldn't cry out and it just finished it yeah. was like for 10 minutes and then it just stopped yeah mm-hmm. it's not nice so i'm not surprised that that sort of thing would come into sort of be incorporated into a story but i mm-hmm. think again what really interests me about it is that it kind of normally with Moffat, you his, his main trope is that taking the ordinary and making it scary mm-hmm. but they're giving you a get out clause he's kind of almost undercutting his own mythos almost yeah. I thought that was quite an interesting way to do it. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it's 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 actually very it's like clever, you know, in the way that he that he does it. It's like you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. It can just be, you know what I mean? Well, say so actually, talking about the clever, clever, mm-hmm. um, something that I saw as a main criticism of this story mm-hmm. was the the kind of the magic Clara aspect of it. Do you know what I'm starting to agree with that? aspects especially okay. in the barn 
sequence at right. the end. Okay. Now, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, we, do you know what we need? To, it's like, uh, yeah, like an unpopular opinion alarm or something <laughs> for this. I didn't have a problem with the whole impossible girl thing. Yeah. In series seven, because when you think about it, when Clara goes into the Doctor's time stream and she gets you know fragmented across all of his lives. When you think about it, if you like, sort of like play the numbers a bit, there's maybe only about like four versions of her that have had any sort of like actual impact on the Doctor's Interaction with him, yeah. Yeah, because the rest of them just like, oh, Doctor, and then, I don't know, nothing happens. So like they just sort of go for a cup of tea or something. I don't know. So those those four, which is, that's okay, because out of, you know, God knows how many years the Doctor's lived. Yeah. But there's something going back to the doctor's youth which that that also kind of like i think there comes a point with certain fictional characters where you shouldn't know too much about you should know like who they are now but not like too much about them beforehand because then like start to lose the mystery a bit yeah so i mean i mean the doctor's childhood for Mm -hmm. some reason has always kind of been like an off-limit Mm. area of the mythos almost mm. so i mean in a way i don't blame moffat for being the iconoclast he is mm. i don't go well fuck it i'm going to his childhood boom here we are and this yeah. sort of thing so i don't mind that mm-hmm. i quite i'm the person i quite like that sort of circular logic in that it's mm. sort of it's a beginning and you find out the reason why the doctor's got this idea into his head because of this mm. and the whole story has kind of been leading up to the whole origin of it i don't necessarily mind that Mm. but i do part of me does think it's a just a tiny step too far Mm -hmm. for her to be the one so influential yeah that's that's what i'm trying to get at it's like it's it's just as this thing it's just a little bit too far i mean it's the it was great like when you know the young first doctor sort of like steps out of bed and she like instinctively just well, well not instinctively but without thinking just grabs his ankle yeah, and that, and that moment the, the, when she goes all eyes, as the doctor says. Yeah, and it's like, oh, oh I mean, sh- I did go, oh, sh-, like that. I mean, but yeah. I did, I did quite like the reveal of the barn being where he takes the moment. Mm, yeah, I did quite like that little link up. I, t- I tell you because, what, you know, yeah, I tell you what, I, I was reading some internet comments again. I really should. Oh, why do. would you do that? I, don't, <laughs> I know, but because it, it's it's just it's like interesting to see what people come up with. Um, but a lot of people are going, well, how can they be there? You know, it, it's, you know, the whole Gallifrey is time-locked. Well, first of all, Gallifrey isn't time-locked. The time war was time-locked. And second yep. of all, I don't think that barn's on Gallifrey. No. Because when you see the little flashback to the War Doctor, what colour's the sky behind his head? Blue. Blue. And what colour's Gallifrey's sky? Orange. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but um, this, I mean, but I, I was a bit confused by that everyone on Gallifrey seems to dress like it's the 18th century for some reason. <laughs> well, maybe I never just quite the, got that. Could just be the civilians, I suppose. It could be, yeah. Mm. But I mean, I do like the sort of the linking back to the right back to an unearthly child of the fear makes companions of us all. Mm. I say, I must say, I did feel quite a connection with the Doctor because I was like. There's a guy with an anxiety issue, and mm. I was like, "Doctor, I feel you. I yeah. feel you on this," because you know, and someone who's has uh, an excessive anxiety problem, mm-hmm. uh, such as I, um, you will see things in everything sometimes mm-hmm. that are not dangerous, or things will things that are minor threaten to overwhelm you. And mm-hmm. I was like, when he was a kid and crying in the bed, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yep, 
Yeah. I understand that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It also kind of makes me wonder if this is sort of like why the Doctor has a problem with soldiers. Because yeah. it's it's pretty spelled out that the young first Doctor here is, you know, almost going to be conscripted into the army. He's got yeah. he's got aspirations to go to the academy, but you know the the male Gallifreyan says you know you'll never get to the get to the academy, you'll never make a time laws. So I'm just wondering if like the Doctor's beef with soldiers is not so much because the soldiers like the, the warriors and they can you know kill people and things like that. I wonder if it's more because like he he managed to find a choice, and maybe it's like he has a problem with the soldiers because. They could have gone and done something else and been spectacular, but they chose to become a soldier. He broke out from yeah. that kind of fate almost. Mm-hmm. It's like whereas no one else they, has. they just kind of went with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's quite interesting because it sort of introduces an element of because we've always regarded the, the being a Time Lord as something that you're born as. Mm. It's a genetic thing rather than a choice. Yeah. So that's yeah. quite an interesting kind of a change of the continuity which i think people may have missed a bit mm. because like i say because there was always kind of this idea that there were time lords and then mm. sort of a, a, a massive lower class mm-hmm. on gallifrey and you had to be born or loomed if you're reading the uh, other novels because they <laughs> you know just have little action man pants and don't <laughs> so you it's like you are a time lord mm-hmm. bang yeah. rather than it's like you is it something you have to go and study for yeah and again, it, when we when we watched uh, Day of the Doctor, when mm-hmm. everyone is uh, the Daleks invade, and you, when they're sh- they're killing people, you don't see people regenerating everywhere. Mm. So you presume that they're not Time Lords. Yeah, yeah. So, so I wonder if it's like just becomes like part and parcel. Because I mean, obviously, if you think back to, I think it was Sound of Drums when we had like the Doctor's like memory of the Master's childhood. Oh yeah, looking at the untempered schism. schism. Yeah. So and that's like and it said that's part of like the initiation ritual of like becoming a time lord I think. So you know maybe that's yeah the time lords can regenerate and maybe that's like part of I don't know graduation or something. Do you know? Well, what I mean, I mean like, you presume that if you're going to be a ruling class mm-hmm. and you want to establish status quo, the best way to do that is not to die mm-hmm. and just continue to regenerate. Mm. So you know it makes sense that if you're say this is like they're eaten. Mm-hmm. And you're sort of a hot house for the working sort of the the people who are going to run the planet. Mm-hmm. It would make sense that you give them the ability to not die for a very 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 long time, <laughs> barring accidents, barring accidents, mm-hmm. or looking into the untempted schism and legging it. Mm-hmm. So looking at his age and actually looking at the size of the kid, perhaps this is after he looked into it. Mm-hmm. That's why he was freaking out yes. so much and crying. Yeah. So yep. Continuity backfill, courtesy of the Greatest Show in the Galaxy podcast. <laughs> yeah, so that and our dating advice chat show, we're laughing. Yeah. Nice. So anyway, um, I think what I <laughs> <laughs> so I think the the Uber question for this episode mm-hmm. is that of the Moffat Pantheon. Where does it sit? Ooh, that's a hard question. I know. Ooh, that's it. I personally, I would maybe just put it under Blink, just under Blink. Ooh, okay. So I would say it's like if like Blink was like like a person, Listen would be like right behind it, so like neck breathing on it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I I sort of think the same. For mm-hmm. me, the analogy I could I thought of mm-hmm. was that if Blink is a Nightmare on Elm Street one, mm-hmm. 
then listen is a Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors. Okay. Because in that it's it's surprisingly good, mm-hmm. although it does it does lack a really awesome cock rock soundtrack. <laughs> Dream Warriors. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so I would call I would call listen the surprisingly good follow up to Blink. Mm. Yeah, that's that's definitely that's definitely where I put it. Um, anything else you want to mention before we get into the scores? Nah, let's do scores on the doors. All right. Okay. Um, me solid nine. Yeah, solid nine also. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, I think Blink is probably one of maybe two ten scores I've sort of assigned mm. in my mind. The sort of Blink and the Doctor's Wife are kind of tens, but mm. yeah, this is a a really. If I could give a nine point five, I would. No, you can it, give it a nine point five if you want. No, 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 I want to do whole numbers because right. otherwise, I'll, we won't be able to do a pie chart or anything. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's a solid nine for me. I give this nine point six three two four seven eight nine. Recurring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, if you'd like to tell us what you thought about listening, you can email us at greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com or you could uh, reach us through the Facebook page, Alice, if you would be so kind. Yeah, you could come over to the Facebook page, just go on Facebook and in the search bar type The Greatest Show in the Galaxy podcast, um, send cough drops, please. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, also, I'd, uh, while we're still going, I'd like to give a shout out to our youngest listeners, Evan, Brody, and uh, Joel, who are the kids of uh, the lovely Casey and Katie. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. And uh, Casey and Katie, I'm really sorry about all the swearing, but you know me, <laughs> what South London does to you. Yeah. So, <laughs> don't worry, you'll, you'll be matching it and probably even besting it in a few years' time. Oh, yeah, they'll be kicking my bum up and down the street, swear uh, wise. <laughs> And also, if you uh, want to keep it under 140 characters, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at GreatestShowPod. Um, also, while you're uh, on Simply Syndicated, do check out some of our fellow shows, things like uh, Do Ask, Do Tell, uh, Movies You Should See. Uh, Tech Support Rich is another uh, new show it's, uh, that's coming out. Uh, Second or Leave It as, as well, um, as, as well as the syndicated shows, including uh, Atomic Trivia War 9000, Starbase 66, and uh, the soon-to-be-returning Here Goes Nothing, yay. Hooray! <laughs> yay! So, um, with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And uh, join us next time when we take a look at Time Heist.